Welcome to A Journey of Transformation Empowerment. You're listening to Antonio T. Smith Jr. Where ideas ignite, change, and possibilities are endless. Before we dive into today's episode, we have something special for our listeners. Today's podcast is brought to you by a groundbreaking book that's reshaping the conversation around Black economic empowerment. It's Resegregation, Volume 1, The Power Matrix, a master plan for Black group economics with wealth creation, authored by visionary Antonio T. Smith, Jr., Antonio isn't just an author. He's a former top-secret combat special operations intelligence sergeant turned millionaire. His life work championed the economic autonomy and wealth creation within black communities. In this seminal work, dedicated to teachings of Dr. Claude Anderson, Antonio outlines a comprehensive blueprint covering critical sectors like finance, technology, manufacturing, and more. He blends military discipline with acute understanding of systematic disparity. This isn't just a book. It's a movement. A call to action to create lasting wealth and reshaping the economic narrative. Antonio's vision is clear. Drive a significant shift toward black ownership and control. Listeners, if you've ever wondered about innovative strategies for wealth creation or how technological transformation can uplift the black communities, then this book is for you. Join Antonio Smith Jr. on the transformative journey. Pick up your copy of The Resegregation Volume 1, The Power Matrix today and be a part of the reshaping future. Now, let's dive into the episode and explore the possibilities that await us. All right. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. Still waking up. Good morning. Got my coffee. How's everyone doing this morning? Okay, I spoke with Miss Adrian this morning. Um, she is doing great. She was actually on her way to a funeral. She said her internet has been out, but she got it figured out and worked out. But she says she's been watching us. She's been watching us. But I did talk to her this morning. She's she's doing good. She's in between moves. The apartment she was moving into it rained really bad up there and it caused damaged damaged it caused damage so <laughs> so she's um she's waiting for them to fix it before she moves in so she's in the middle of a move internet she hadn't had internet for like three weeks she figured it out yesterday and so she but she's doing good she was actually en route to a funeral when i called her and I told her that Mr. Phil and Miss Susan asked about her. And <laughs> she said, Oh, thank y'all. She said she missed us all. So yeah, but I specifically told her, yeah, Mr. Phil and Miss Susan asked about you. So and she's like, Thank you, Deanna. 
There you so very welcome. Yeah, we we talked for good maybe 15, 20 minutes, I think. I think. But no, she's doing good. She's doing good. If you would like to donate to the prisoners, Cash App is in the chat. Send that to dollar sign V-A-T-S-J. If you would like to donate to the prisoners, um, they're doing good. I actually spoke with uh, Mr. Antonio last night, um, had had some updates from Antonio about what's going on in, in Dallas, but he's been so busy. They have been keeping him busy, but it sounds like from what he has informed me of, good morning, Mr. Renee. Everything is going very well. So we're super excited about that. I can't wait to get like in-depth details. I'm sitting over here like a little kid. Like, I want to know what it is. <laughs> but everything is going well there. So again, if you just joined us, I spoke to Miss Adrian this morning. Um, she's doing great, doing wonderful. Uh, she... Um, was en route to a funeral. She'd been doing a lot of funerals, but she's doing good. She hadn't had internet for the last three weeks, but she's up and running now in the middle of a move. So she has a lot going on, but she's doing good. If you would like to donate to the prison ministry, and put that in there again for those who would like to donate to the prisoners, uh, you can cash up Antonio. And I think, the, oh, and then Good news coming from Dallas. I don't have in-depth details yet because he has not been able to talk to me because that's how busy they've been keeping him, which is exciting news. But um, everything is going well in Dallas with the NFL alumni president. And so much exciting things going Anybody have anything exciting they want to share? I'm, I'm the one doing all the sharing. I'm, you know, I'm just saying. Anyone else have anything exciting? Oh, okay. All right. Well, what we are going to do today. So yesterday we've been, I've been talking about transcending inconsistency. And yesterday we talked about balance through duality, understanding that if there's light, there's dark. If there's good, there's bad. If you go left, you automatically make a right. And understanding the, and du duality being about balancing and understanding the world in a more comprehensive way, understanding that there's always going to be an opposite. Um, actually, one of the laws of the universe is the laws of opposite. Learned that from Antonio. And I'm I'm gonna be honest with y'all. The laws of the universe scare the crap out of me because they don't happen like you know how sometimes you think, oh, this is happening at this time, and then this is happening at this time. Oh, so this is this. No, not with the laws of the universe. They are consistently working in tandem all at the same time so you so you have to be careful you it, to have an understanding of how the laws work and not be afraid well not afraid but not be fearful is crazy because you have the law of balance the law of attraction the law not a law of balance, law of compensation the law of attraction the law of reaping and sowing some people say the uh, it there's a lot going on at one time. So you have to be careful because Antonio teaches us thought plus emotion equals creation. 
that creation, that thought plus that emotion is where th that little equation right there is where the laws are all up in your business. And you have to be careful with that because I'm learning. And my dad used to always tell me, why are you my child that got to learn the hard way? Why, why are you that one? And I'm I'm learning now. I don't have to always learn the hard way. Sometimes just watching somebody else go through this. It <laughs> it's like, oh, okay, so don't do that. Because that's, what, okay, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. But it all happens in tandem. And that's also, when it comes to inconsistency, you have to understand that life is ever-changing. Like there's, it's it's not the same as it was yesterday. The river isn't the same river it was yesterday. Your skin is not the same skin it was yesterday. In the middle of your sleep, the old dead skin cells rubbed off on your blankets and your sheets and your pillows. That's why you got to wash them. Um, and they also said like after seven years, your mattress becomes like so much more heavier than it was the day you bought it because of that. You, you ever, nature is ever changing we are nature we are and nature is an ebb and flow Antonio I love how he says it. he said the the grass don't fight to grow the birds don't fight each other to fly in the air but we're all humans are always fighting each other that's because we're not in ebb and flow with change and you have to find a balance between stability and change. And that was one of the things that I, one of my strengths was adaptability. That's one of my core strengths, adaptability. And so change was easy for me. I could easily maneuver between things, but as I get older, no, I, this is, I want this. But in wanting this, I have to understand change comes with that. Without change, there is no growth. And yesterday we were talking about the balance, talking about duality. Well, that comes with change. That's a part of inconsist inconsistency is a natural consequence of life. It just happens. It's the ebb and flow, the up and down. The universe actually has a heartbeat. So I want you, I want everyone to consider some questions and we're going to talk about them. Um, how, so the first question is, how do you handle the changes while also making some things remain stable and comforting in your life? Another question is, how do you cope with the feelings and find a sense of peace within yourself when things are constantly changing around you? And then are there any spiritual practices or rituals you've heard about or tried that helped you adapt to change and find a sense of purpose? So I'm going to put these three questions in the chat so everyone can ponder on them. I'm not going to just, you know, throw it out there. <laughs> so that's why I look even more beautiful now. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> so change, change you have to find that balance between stability and change. For me, it's if my home has a stability to it, then I can handle the change everywhere else. Like I've, I've realized that, and it started when I got pregnant. Mothers will know, they call it nesting. 
that was a stability like foundation for me it's like no this 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 but then when me and my ex when me and Don's father he out the house had to be a certain way that was my stability and he made the comment to me one day he said I don't live here with you he said I'm just a guest I was like oh snap I had I had taken my stability because there was so much change going on around me new kid new job Everybody always knocking on my door because I was a property manager. And when they couldn't, if the office was closed, they knew where I lived. So they just came, knocked on the door. You know, the emotional change I was going through, I almost couldn't handle that because I just had a kid. I'm walking out after three months and going back to work, missing first steps, missing first words, like all that stuff. So the my home was my stable place. And now what I'm learning is the stability in the change is the stability within me. I have to be stable within myself. I have to be stable with who I am. And that allows me to have ebb and flow and everything else. And again, inconsistency is not a bad thing. Inconsistency is a part of life. It's how you respond to that inconsistency that determines the outcome of it. So how do we handle the changes while also making sure some things remain stable and comforting in our life? And I normally don't do this, but I would love for Miss Susan, even Mr. Phil, if they could chime in on this question, because you, both of you have been entrepreneurs my whole life. And you've raised a family, you've done the traveling, you've, I mean, but you guys started a business in a time where it was taboo. So I know the changes in your lives were extreme, especially for the people, the the environments around you in regards to the time that you guys started your businesses. So how did y'all, how were y'all able to handle the changes while keeping a, a, a level of stability in your lives? It wasn't easy, that's for sure, you know, what you say. And, you know, keep in mind, we were young. We weren't who we are now, you know. Um, so for me, you know, going off to college was a big move. And I remember how excited my brother was for me. Um, you know, he was a professor and, you know, he he was intellectual and really wanted me to have a good college experience. He would send me a little bit of money. My dad sent me a certain amount of money each week and my brother sometimes would send some to me. And I, I learned about budgeting and handling money and, you know, how much I had. And I never asked my parents for anything more. I felt, you know, they were giving so much anyways. Um, and I never did uh, through college. And then had a, had um, several great jobs and, um, you know, other experiences. Um, we both came from, when we got together, from divorce. Uh so we'd already kind of been through something and we didn't want to experience that again. So when we got together, 
you know, we, we understood that to a certain extent. For me, um, you know, I, I was doing the career thing and then getting with Phil, it was really confusing because, you know, I thought he was doing one thing and another thing. And, you know, he, he was kind of all over the place and, you know, just his personality was way bigger, you know, as far as um, here and there and this and that. And, and I was used to organization and structure and strategy. And so we had a lot of conflict, but yet in the beginning, it was smooth together. But then I got pregnant six months after we were married. And, you know, you think, oh, well, that'll be fine. We just take the kid along. Everything's going to be great. You don't do that. You can't do that. And I had an extremely colicky kid. He was one of the worst that doctors have ever seen. He screamed for three months solid. And then really it was six months. So I lost sleep. And here we are with a business and everything. So it went chaotic pretty quickly. Um, and and I, um, you know, we were part of the National Speakers Association in the Ohio chapter. I did the newsletters, got the newsletters out. I did all of that sort of thing. And I loved it. And as time went on, I, I couldn't do that. And, you know, the things that women in particular, I think, give up and sacrifice for the children. So, you know, we went through those times and it, it really was a struggle. And I had to juggle things and, you know, um, you know, we had the three kids that were really, really active um, kids. They weren't quiet. They were like Phil, you know, just all over the place. So it was a struggle. And but, you know, we were determined with what we wanted to do. We we never gave up. I mean, sometimes it was hard. Um, being an entrepreneur, you never knew where the next dollar was coming from. Uh, and certainly a lot harder, I think, than it is today in one way, because we didn't have all the tools that are there now. Um, and another way, you know, we didn't have every single person out there trying now, like everybody's doing, trying to do something um, out there. So that's how it was. And as time went on and when the last kid left the house, you know, that was kind of nice. But then we went right into, um, was Serena graduated and she was home when my mom fell and broke her hip. And so that changed everything. Uh, a rush to Florida, you know, New Year's Eve, we were getting ready to, to go out, go to someone's house. And instead I got the call and jumped on a plane. And so that changed our life. I, we wouldn't be here with you if that hadn't happened because, you know, we went to Florida and um, Phil came three months later and that was the longest we'd ever been apart. That was really hard, um, but it took him that amount of time to, you know, close everything up and move down because um, we couldn't move my mom and she didn't want to move up to the cold. So that's what we did. And that was uh, New Year's Day, 2013. 
and that changed everything for us. And, you know, and then, um, you know, the Les Brown thing came along and that was, I mean, we had a great time down here. We were networking and going to all, a lot of big deal things. And, you know, in Miami and Fort Lauderdale, it's great networking, great people, gr- a lot of entrepreneurs, lots of good entrepreneurs that we're still friends with today. Uh, so that was a, a pot ended up being a positive thing. Um, and then, you know, the Les Brown, and then here we are today, but a lot of changes and, you know, Phil flying out again and me not being able to go, me not being able to go. So trying to juggle again, you know, um, another situation, not a child, but a, a parent. So and I think a lot of those things and Jerome, I, you know, you're amazing with what you do and you understand. So, and it happens and most of the time it's the women that have to take care of and in other situations, you know, the, the husband's then taking care of the, the wife. And, you know, we have situations now in our, our life, we don't know what's going to happen, you know, and, um, you know, that's why you keep pushing forward and keep doing because you just don't know. And that's why I push to get everything. I like everything done, you know? <laughs> so that's, that's all I can say. <laughs> no, thank you. Thank you very much. I, to what I heard was through all of your changes, the way you remained stable and kept a level of comfort for yourself as you kept pushing. You didn't, you didn't stop. You didn't let it break you. You went with the flow, no matter how high the wave swelled, <laughs> you went with the flow. And your stability for you was keep going, keep going, keep going. That's what I heard. Yeah. Well, I think I thank you because I'm as old as your business. <laughs> and it it it's always there's wisdom and you always want to ask wisdom. Okay. So how did you do it? And even though everybody's different and every situation is different, Antonio used to always tell us success has one language. Wisdom has one language. And in that wisdom, you find how you find how you're able to find your stability. Like for me, stability is no matter where I'm at, if I can, this is going to sound weird, but y'all work with me. I'm a big kid. If I can color, that is a that is stability to me. Like anytime I travel, I take my color pencils and my coloring books with me. Because no matter where I'm at, that it's like that anchors me. It It stills me. It helps me clear my mind. So if there's any change going on and it's a change that's, that is too much, like one of those types of change that's like, okay, wait a minute, hold up. I got to step back from this. That whole, uh, I need to, I need to pause everything so I can <laughs> figure out what we're going to do with this. Um, like when, like the first time my dad went in the hospital, um, where was I? I, was, I think I was in like Missouri City or something. And I had to pause. 
And my pause at the time was driving. So for me, the stability in my changes is either coloring or I go for a drive. So for some reason, my, my cars are my safe places. No matter what car I'm in, it's, it's my safe place. I get in it and I drive. And sometimes I put, well, actually all the time I roll the windows down because the majority of the time when I do these drives, it's at night. So it's it's a clean night. It's just, it's pretty outside and just the night air hitting me. And those two things give me stability so I can handle whatever else is going on. Even with the adaptive, with my, one of my core strengths being adaptability, my, it's crazy that my, my, I adapt, but before I adapt, I have to steal myself. So the driving and coloring are the things that I use to give me stability because I'm realizing that everything is changing, especially with a kid now. He's not the same kid every day. Every time I see him, two weeks go by and you think he would have grown two years and there's no stability in that, okay? <laughs> but it's been it's been awesome. It's absolutely been awesome. So um, Mr. Phil, if there's anything you wanted to add to that. I wanted to add to what. Oh, go ahead. In the midst of all that, while I was pregnant with Serena and my dad um, was diagnosed with lung cancer and they were in Florida. And of course, I was the one that, you know, me, because I'm always in the medical stuff. They they came home and came to us in Columbus and stayed with us and he had treatment I at Ohio State University and I you know they said it was filled in his lung and they would have to remove a whole lung and they weren't sure about that so I called the head of the hospital and I said talk to him and I said if it was your dad what would you do and he said I'd go for it so we did, and he, you know, he lived a, a year, but I was newly pregnant with Serena, and he passed away before she was born, I believe, maybe after, I can't remember now, um, but that was heartbreaking because I was a daddy's girl, and, you know, my dad looked out, and he observed what we were doing, and, you know, I just knew he was always there. And that was hard. And then my dear brother that I was so close to, Serena was six um, when he passed away. That was just unbelievable because, you know, he was 51 years old and beloved by everyone. People still mourn him today. Um, so we had, you know, that. And then my other brother passed away. Um, three months before my mom broke her hip. So we had a lot going on. And Phil had his situations with his family going on as well. So those things, you know, as you get older, those things all happen. You just don't know what's going to happen in your life. And you keep going, you keep the business going. I mean, my dad, I'm not sure. I think it was Jim. Um, was my brother was passing away and we were blowing the bubbles and he was going and Phil was at a presentation speaking and he had to continue it and he was you know coming right after 
but he got there right after, um, you know, he, he passed. Uh, so, you know, you have to hang tight um, as an entrepreneur and small business owner. And, you know, and if you have a partner, you, you've got to stick together. Oh, yeah, that one, um, learned it the hard way the first time. This time around, it's a little smoother. It's a little smoother. It's going to have its ups and downs because difference of personalities and because you're entrepreneurs and Antonio's a big thinker like Phil, mm -hmm. you know, he, they're looking at the, he, Phil was always looking at the big picture and I'm always on, okay, what do we have to do now? You know, what do we have to do now? And he was the big picture guy. So it does cause frustrations. It's, it, it's, it is weird because I'm, I'm not the, Antonio's the big picture thinker. I'm the today thinker. But at the same time, my adaptability is like, okay, let's just do whatever. <laughs> like I'm, 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 I'm here for the ride. Let's go. Where are we going next? Okay, now in this going next, like, do we have this, 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 this? But then, come on, let's go, because that big picture looks real good. But I can see, but my imagination puts me in a place that, well, he, Antonio told me it pushes him because he'll say, go do this, and I'll do it. And when I do it and I come back to him, he's like, okay. Like, there was one situation where he said, you, you pushed me to a point that I haven't been before because he's he said find a house I found a house it was a nine-figure house but I found a house <laughs> and he he was like oh okay that's what you yeah okay well let's go I'm like okay come on let's do it and it raised he said that was the first time that I raised his bar because the kid and me, the house had a lazy pool, <laughs> a bowling alley, <laughs> a, a beauty shop. I mean, hey, if I can have you come to me and I don't have to leave my house, we are we are having a good day. That's stability for me, okay? <laughs> so I it 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 and it's funny because I look at you and Mr. Phil, and I see me and Antonio. He's the strategic one. But he's also the big thinker. But I'm the background admin, do little things, but the big kid. So it it I love watching the dynamic between both of you because I'm like, oh, that's gonna be us one day. <laughs> so th I thank you so much for sharing. Mr. Phil, is there anything that you wanted to add to us? Add to to share with us? Well. You know, my story is that I've always had change. You know, I was adopted at 20 days old. I had my adopted sister die when I was uh, two. And my adopted father died when I was six. So I've, I've been was used to change. So the one thing I, the gift I have is every time I gave a speech, I got to listen to it. So that's what that's what got me through it, because that's what so my mess became my message. Mm. And I had to walk my talk. Wow. That's a shirt. My mess became my message. 
I like that. Thank you, Mr. Fields. And that's the thing with Mr. Fields. He he says the most powerful things in the fewest words. I don't know anybody else that does that. I really don't. And it if he says it and it hits you, you, you say that you're like, wait a minute. Did he just say that? But I thank both of you for sharing. And like Mr. Phil said, he he was born into change. 20 days change. Six years change. <laughs> And I'm sure in the, the the years after that, change, change, change. And in that, it if you, if you make your mess your message, you'll find stability in yourself. That's what I that's what I got out of it. Because if I if I go back and I look at all of my messes, I'm like, okay, okay, yeah, yeah, don't do that anymore that that's that's that no don't do that and if I go back I used to keep a journal as a kid I used to journal well it was my diary at the time I had the little lock and everything (laughs) and I used to Mr. Phil I used to read I used to go back and read and I would sit there and I would and I would read and I was like wow I'm so happy that I wasn't there anymore and then a few years later I go back and I read I'm like wow and I, I would even ask myself, what changed? Like, what shifted me to where I am today from that little girl or that teenager? And even when I hit my early 20s, I haven't, I haven't journaled like that in a while. My journaling shifted. My journaling shifted to, it became my vent, my vent how I vented. <laughs> and when I go back and I read my vents, I'm like, Man, I was so angry. <laughs> but in the in in the mess that I wrote, I saw my growth and it allowed me to celebrate because I I recognized that okay, you you found stability in that area. There was a lot going on, especially when my parents divorced. Oh, that was just I was I, I am a daddy's girl, Miss Susan. I am a daddy's girl. And so that whole situation just threw me for a loop. But it was weird because my my dad's youngest sister, she said, you, you never properly emotionally responded to your parents' divorce. And then when my grandmother died, my mom's mom, she told me, she said, you never mourned your grandmother's death. And I sat there and I thought about it. It, it, I don't remember the emotion of it. It was a huge change in my life, but I was so focused on being the stability that I didn't, I didn't worry about the emotions attached to it. And being somebody else's stability it's not good for you if you're not stable yourself. I'm a I'm a 12-year-old trying to be stable for an adult. You know, then I'm a 15-year-old trying to be stable for adults. And it I don't know it. It 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 emotionally in some areas it just shut off. And then emotionally in some areas it exploded. It, it was like again. You have a left, you create a right. On one end, I was numb. On the other end, I'm full of emotions. So, 
So I thank you, Mr. Phil. I thank you, Ms. Susan, for your transparency and just for sharing with us because outside of my grandfather, you two are the two that I've known who has had the longest career as entrepreneurs that I know. And my and I didn't even realize my grandfather was an entrepreneur until like a couple of years ago. It just dawned on me, like, wait a minute. My grandfather never worked a job. He is my whole life. I always the office building we went to was his. <laughs> and it, it 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 just dawned on me, like, wait a minute. <laughs> and then come to find out on my dad's side of the family, I come from entrepreneurs. Like it is genetically etched in my DNA. It explains why I can't sit in the office for too long and work for somebody else, because it is not, it is not in my DNA. But I, I just love hearing hearing from you and then for all entrepreneurs to know to know someone who has been in business as long as both of you have and partners in this business as long as you have been and married. So not only are you partners in business, but you're partners in life. And those are like two different spectrums of change in, in trying to find stability because the inconsistency of life period hits you in two different ways and then you had kids sometimes you have three and then you have parents that's four so you guys got hit in every angle and and you're still here so it's just it's just wonderful to hear from wisdom it really is it's just wonderful to hear from wisdom so I thank both of you for sharing I really do and there's five in all um Bill's two kids were um, like three and five when we got together. So they, you know, were with us for a long time. And and um, we lost Phil's son, if you remember, yeah. a couple of years ago. So we had that issue to deal with, too. And that was that was a, a challenge. It was shocking for me because I I wasn't used to seeing that negative situation, you know, going on early on. And we just decided we weren't participating in that um, negativity. So we just carried on. <laughs> that That's another hit. Like, and y'all still showed up you wouldn't have been able to find me but y'all still showed up and it just it's just it amazes me watching both of you absolutely amazes me it really does because I I don't know what to say (laughs) like I from parents to kids to life to and then at the same time both of you were still growing yourself yeah So to me, both of you have been a wonderful example of finding stability in change and and finding that stability in the inconsistencies and being an ebb and flow. You know, Antonio, uh, we we would talk and he was and he would say he was like, no, they are they are examples of ebb and flow. There is no way that they cannot be in flow and with everything happening around them. 
you know they are in flow that's how that's how they get up that's like you guys are true examples of just the heart of things you know and uncle Romy rome he he tells us we we've all had we we've had conversations with him and he still shows up if if y'all knew half the things that the sorrentinos and the reds go through and still show up it makes you think how dare i not show up this change is happening in my life and my life is shutting down but they have consistent change in their life and they still show up still show up so uncle Romy Rome, if you don't mind me how do you handle the changes in your life while also making sure things remain stable and comforting in your life oh no I just do what I gotta do <laughs> it's similar to what I said yesterday uh all hell was breaking loose it was it, it was doing it this morning but life goes on and you know, and because life goes on, either you can accept that and still participate or you can be overwhelmed. But guess what? It still goes on. So at this point in my, in my life, I choose to engage and move forward versus being overcome because, you know, you, you when you were talking to Phil and Susan, um, I was sitting there thinking, I have yet to mourn my mother's death. And I don't know if I'm going to um, because of the fact that she and I were so close when she was alive. And because I had to keep moving, that's what I ended up doing. But when that time comes, if it comes, I want it to be sacred. I don't want it to be <laughs> and keep moving. No, no. I want to in, in absorb it and enjoy it and, and just be all wrapped in. But in order to do that, I got to put something else aside and I can't do that. And that relationship that she and I had, phenomenal, totally phenomenal. And, and I believe that that relationship is the crux and the foundation for who I am and how I'm able to do what I do. Like recently, I told you my, my niece um, died, the one that was blind. Oh, oh and, I, and I didn't come back and tell everybody. I found out later that it wasn't the fall, her appendix burst and they didn't know. And then once that happens, you know, they say, you know, if you don't get that immediately, you know, it was, it was, it was all over for her. So the, the parents were blaming themselves when it wasn't any, the, the coroner told her, there's nothing you could have done, Mrs. Red. Okay. When that appendix burst, because no one knew, you know, it was only a matter of time. I think within five hours, that person is gone. So that's what was happening. But the thing about it was, the day that I found out she died, I wrote a poem, because I know I write poetry. Gave it to my sister, who we were, we were at, at, at odds from situation with my mom. Well, two, three days later, the sister who's been crazy calls me and say, Jerome, can you write a poem for your sister and her husband for the, for the daughter? And I was like, she said, well, let me check with them and see if they can do it. They couldn't. She said, can you write one? And I said, sure. Wrote the poem. Both of them went in the program. And the one I wrote for them was better than the one I wrote initially. And I went, I went, this is nice. 
But to me, that goes back to my mom and what she instilled in me, not by what she said, by what she lived. Because she raised eight kids in that house. It was 11 kids altogether. And my father was not the, the world's best husband. And he didn't stop drinking until I was 11. And then he got saved. But my mom was always consistent. So she was my beacon. She was my, that's how you treat life. That's how you treat people. And I followed that. And I, and I have no regrets at all about where I'm at because of that. Then crazily enough, I come along and I meet Antonio. Because one of the things I realize now is once I, once I started liking Jerome in my 20s and 30s and 40s, you know, I, I, I worked hard for that. But when I met Antonio, Antonio said, oh, by the way, you, you, you're a baby boomer. You, you know society lied to you. Excuse me? Oh, yeah, they lied to you. They didn't. What are you talking about? And then I'm sitting there listening to him. And I'm like, he's right. They did. And I'm running around here doing all these things, trying to make money. Blah, blah, blah. And I'm realizing that that's not, it wasn't working. I look at my heart, it wasn't working. Well, then what does work? And then Antonio said, well, this is what works. And I'm like, well, why should I listen to you? And then it was like, well, look at his harvest. And I went, ooh, ooh. So I am so grateful that in the process, I have no regrets. But I'm working harder now than I ever have because I want to be in a position where I don't have to work like I did before. And I'll, get, and I'll, be, reap, and I'll be reaping a harvest that will afford me the ability to not have to. So that's the other reason why, regardless of what comes, I got to press. I got to press. I can't afford to, but woe is me. I can have the pity party and I can even invite you guys that still won't get me where I want to go. So I got to make sure that those things that need to get done, get done in spite of. And so that's kind of, that's kind of where, where, where I'm at, you know, you know, being married is like, you know, when, when people ask me about, well, considering being a caregiver, and I said, listen to me, when I got married 40 some years ago, you know, those vows, those words meant something to me, you know, that richer or poor in sickness and health, it meant something. And so now when the time came for me to, to face up to that, I went, did those words come out of your mouth? Yes. Did you mean them? Yes. Well, then it's, it's not an issue. What do I need to do to make this happen? So all of a sudden, on top of what I was already, and I was already doing a lot more, there was just more. And it was like, are you going to be okay? You damn right I'm going to be okay. Because this, this is what I am, this is what I'm made of. This is what I am capable of doing. And if I don't do it, who's going to do it? Who? And so, so that's the position I was put in. And then I make sure that as, and I, and I was saying this to somebody yesterday, when I was talking about, when I was talking to you guys yesterday on this call, and I says, in this in community, what I share with you, I'm not sharing with my family. I'm not sharing with my friends because that's not who they are. But when I come to this community, when, when I'm given an opportunity, I share. But I'm also receiving, I'm, I'm gathering and using that material to make, pro, to, to make progress. So a lot of times I'll be saying, I ain't got nothing to say. But then when I do have something to say, because I was thinking about yesterday, um, 
I felt the tone of the conversation. And as I felt the tone of the conversation, I said, Jerome, is there anything you can say to add to? Is there anything that you can say to build up? Because this is this is my community. It's personal. So instead of trying to be right yesterday or trying to put one down or put it the other one up, I says, wait a minute, both of these people mean everything to me and blah, 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 blah. So my brain said, can you say something to bless them two as well as the entire group? And then when I said what I said, I shut up because that's all I needed to say and shut up and keep it moving. And but But that's what I want people to do for me is give me what I need to move forward and then don't, don't try to don't 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 justify don't add to this just give me what I need if I don't receive it you did your job and let me shut up and that's what I try to do because that's what I want you to do for me give me what I need I think I'm intelligent I think I'm pretty smart I'm able to process and, and if I don't pray for me say the Lord help that boy he in trouble because I need that too <laughs> but the point is I try to do for others what I want to be done for me. So this, I realized yesterday with that little incident, Antonio not being here, I said, Jerome, this is a special community for you. I gather a lot of strength and resource from this community to give me what I need to deal with all the chaos because you don't hear me talk about the caregiving. And, and let me tell you, <laughs> Um, um, I have a, I have, we have a visitor here right now and she went out Saturday with my sister-in-law and when she came back, she says, we need to talk. And I'm like, huh? We need to talk. And I went, oh, so then she was saying that the person that's helping with the caregiving is needing caregiving. Okay, and we haven't talked yet, but guess what? Here's my community, and what I need to keep moving forward to do what I need to do to move forward, this community is going to provide. Now, that other thing, I don't know how that's going to turn out or what I'm going to do, but guess what? I'm going to be okay. You know why I'm going to be okay? Because my community is going to, like last night, Deanna sent me two messages. Grace will send me a message. My community looks out for me. My community checks up on me. That's powerful. That's powerful. And we don't have to, the, the, I called Frida yesterday because I got a phone call from a clown Saturday about Coinbase. I ended up joining Coinbase crypto with a, a little thing with, with Frida. And this guy was talking about my account was compromised. I'm like, dude, stop, 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 stop. Stop, dude. If somebody's compromised my account, I have access to my account. I'm going to go check my account. And if I believe that it's so, I say, I got your number. I'll call you back. I say, but other than that, we ain't got nothing to talk about because you might be the clown that's trying to get information from me so that you can compromise my account. Hello? He went, oh. Thank you very much, sir. Bye. Click. Went and checked my account. My account is fine. Okay. But that wasn't the point because of freedom. Me and my, my girl say, Freedom, this your boy. Blah, 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 blah. And we were rolling and we were laughing. And she said, I said, I ain't seen you in a minute. She said, I've been doing blah, 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 blah. I said, Girl, you, I said, you better come on them calls. 
I said, Antonio, he's, he's moving it up. He's doing stuff in the background. She said, yeah. I said, I'm telling you right now. Hello. But this is my community. And this is where I draw my strength from. And this is where I get strength from. And so I'm really, so for me right now, I would say to anybody, if this isn't where you get your strength from, find a resource. Now, you guys know I'm saved, born again, love God and all that. But, and, and I think I heard you say this, Deanna, somebody said it last couple days about how God uses people to get his message, uses people as that vehicle. So we need one another. So this is where I get so much strength from and I am so appreciative, but I hope that I contribute and I bring something to the table as well. I'm just not here taking and eating and feeding myself and not giving something. So I, I hope that at times, and based on the feedback I get is that, yeah, Jerome, you do give, you do provide. And I'm like, okay, then pull. So that's all I got. That's all I got to say, okay? And then maybe the next time when you call on me, I'll be in tears and I'll be there. I'll be there. But, but, but not today, okay? Hey, that's all I got to say. No, thank you, Uncle Romy Rome. Thank you so much. I heard actually a couple of different things. <clears throat> because of your relationship with your mother, that relationship is a place of stability for you. It's a place of inner stability for you. And then the community is a place of outward stability for you. So through your change, you reach inside and you you feel the relationship with you and your mom that provide that stability and then out here you got us because you know shh, me and grace will fly out and just 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 call me i be wanting to tell mr phil and miss susan that too but i try to behave uncle ron i do i try to behave <laughs> Deanna, when you told me that the day you told me that and i and i kind of like yeah 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 but like that and you say uh-uh uncle jerome you don't you understand me and grace will fly out there and i didn't want to I didn't want to tell you that my inside of me was like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that's what was going on inside of me because, you know, that's, I'm telling you, Deanna, that is so important. And the other thing that's so important is tomorrow's not promised. The hour from now isn't promised. And if you don't tell people how you feel, if you don't let people know, it might, tomorrow might be too late. And I remember the time I called you when we had some of them people online and they was they was disrespecting my boy publicly. And I told you, y'all can fire me from ATF. Y'all, 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 you will not let me on. And you're like, huh? Let me tell you. And blah, 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 blah. And you heard me cussing. And mm -hmm. I don't cuss. That was the first time. I was like, they don't know who they, and then, and, but see, but that's the other thing about me. If you, if I care about you, if you mean something to me, I'm telling you, Ride or die. When Phil and Susan's son died, that thing just messed me up, right? And I was like, you know what, Jerome? What do you, what do you do? What 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 do you get? Poetry. After I wrote that poem and read it, I was like, did you write this? And I knew it was the hand of God. I said, God, look at you. And I just like, how did I? How did I? Nope, nope, nope. I didn't do that. So to me, tomorrow's not promised. If you care about people, it's just like probably two years ago, Phil said, Jerome, blah, 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 blah. He reached out to me. 
Jerome, we ain't forgot about you. Jerome, blah, blah, blah. I say, I know, Phil. And I told him, I ain't forgot about y'all. When that time comes and God opens that door, I'll be back. But I'm not there right now. I'm crazy about Phil and Susan. They awesome. They got it going on. Do you hear me? And I'm sitting there going, and, and I can't come there on Monday nights or Tuesday nights. I can't come there half-stepping. When I come, I got to bring it. Because I'm going, that's who I am. But I got a lot on my plate. So I had to get to the point where, Jerome, what are you going to do and what you're not going to do? So I said, I can do the morning meetings. The rest of it, I got to, now path, path bender came. Like, I'm like, I got to get some of this because I need that for my spirit. I need that for my soul. But that's what Susan and Phil provide on Monday and Tuesday nights too. Oh, we know that, okay? I know. But the point is, is that they're strong enough and they're squared away enough to know it ain't got anything to do with them personally. I'm crazy about them. But I know right now my, my resources are limited. My time is limited. But them two, they the joint. They got it. And I can see why Antonio has them close to the cuff. Hello. I'm telling you that right now. Susan and Phil Sarantino, y'all the shit. I don't care what nobody say. Unless somebody mess with y'all. Unless something go down. Do you hear what I'm talking about? Ride out to Florida together. Yo, wrong. <laughs> Come on now. I'm on the East Coast. Oh, who? So, and I ain't never said that to them, but y'all guys mean the world to me. And what I've seen you guys do for other members of this community are phenomenal. The transformation, what you pour in, and, and you do it for free, even though you got to run a business. Come on now. And you see it. And I've seen them blossom. I've seen them grow. Next thing you know, they're on the speaking circuit. And who did they come back? That Phil and Susan. That Phil, I say, that's what I'm talking about. The first, the second time I spoke, I think it was, and Phil said to me, Jerome. And I said, yeah. He said, you know, when you go out there and start speaking, you need to be asking for 45 to 5,000. Excuse me? But I said, no, no, no. What, 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 what did you say? No. And I, and I knew he wasn't. Phil don't blow smoke up your mind. Phil tells it like it. Yeah, I'm sitting there going, he sees that. And, and I, so that confirmation was like, Jerome, you got what it takes. But here's the other part. And he didn't have to say that. You got to put in your dues. You got to do the work. You can't sit there and go, ooh, you just said one or two little speeches and now you all right. But they know you not. You got to practice your craft. You got to, but see, I knew that from the military and all that. So Phil ain't had to beat me up about that. You got to engage. When I got on stage and did com comedy that I hadn't planned to do, a friend of mine pushed me, pushed me, pushed me. And I got on and say, and people were on the floor. God confirmed to me, Jerome, you got the skills, but here's the deal. If you're going to do this, you got to pay your dues. You can't run all out there, boom, boom, boom. And I said, I don't want to do Mike Knights. I don't want to do the, 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 the tour. I don't want to do that. So, so I said, okay, God, you confirmed to me that I'm funny. You confirmed to me that I can, I can make, I can make people laugh. Well, then, I bet, then you got to show me the vehicle. And he showed me, Jerome. Remember those kids when you were in New York? You had those kids rolling. Remember when you were substitute teacher and the detention? You had them going. So your comedy comes out when you were teaching at the engineering firm for 18 years. 
people came to me all the time saying, we ain't never had nobody teach this stuff. This stuff is boring. And you got us rolling and we're passing the classes and blah, 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 blah. I said, okay, God. So yeah. So the Lord let me see. I've been blessed and highly favored. But I can't forget this community right here. It's been, it's been, it's that's why I'm still around. It's been phenomenal. And I feed off of it. It gives me what I need to take care of the next moment, the next day, the next week, whatever. And as things are going right now, my my significant is getting worse. I'm I'm recognized about maybe 30% of the time, 70% of the time. And it's and and I tell folks I'm schizophrenic. <laughs> I have to figure out who I am in that situation in order to diffuse that situation. And I was and I told I sent you an email yesterday. Yeah, last night was the same situation. So I didn't get to do, I'm glad I called you and said, let's move do it next week because I was going to work last night. Didn't, didn't happen. Am I mad? Am I upset? No. It goes with the territory. And when the time is right, that time will come. I'll get it done and we'll move forward. Bingo. Don't get me started again. Leave me alone, Deanna. <laughs> no, there's I just I just heard something else though. Not only do you not only is your stability in the relationship you have with your mother in this community, but there you you have stability stability. <laughs> you have stability within yourself. It, and it's it's what you just said. It said I have to figure out who I am in that situation before I can. And you said it jokingly, but what I heard was stability for me is understanding and having and having confidence in okay at this time this is what i have to save big on brunch for mom all in the kroger app get half gallons of delicious kroger milk for 129 each then get flavorful tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for 249 a pound all with your card and a digital coupon shop these deals at your local kroger today or tap the screen now to download the kroger app to save big today kroger fresh for everyone Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Do, but you have to have a certain, you have to have a certain mindset to be able to stabilize yourself before you do anything. So change, change for you is every second of every day. But of every second of every day, you have stability within yourself, not because of the not just because of the relationship with your mom and your community, but something inside of you, you have a safe place inside of yourself. And I think that's what a lot of us miss. Like we we search for safe places outside of us, but if we create a safe place within us, no matter what change is happening, we always have us. A, a, we were always stable within. Again, that's why I ask wisdom. I don't. Mm -mm, I talk to wisdom. Go ahead, your days. Okay, I'm at work. So, <laughs> sometimes we be so busy creating safe spaces for other people, we don't have enough space to create for ourselves. 
that is true let me tell you it, it's funny you said that because I said I, I just said that I was like I was so busy as a kid like I, my emotional reactions to certain things are completely different on one end you get no emotion on the other end you get every every drop of emotion that's been through me it's because on one end when it came to deaths in my family and having to I don't know it it that I created safe places for everybody else to a point where I just went numb but then on the other end like I am an adult child having a temper tantrum but then the other thing is we creating safe space for other people sometimes it's because that's how we find our value because we don't really understand it our value is outside of what we provide for others and that's the importance of having value in yourself and creating that stability within you and not finding it outside of you. That's something that I've been learning. Um, I'm trying to remember when it triggered for me. Stuff happens to me, y'all. And I just, again, adaptability. Uh, my adaptability hey, is a curse. In, in reference to what Trinae said, Yes, sir. One of my sayings is, if you expect of people what they're not capable of giving, the only person that gets hurt is you. If you're trying to go outside of yourself to get what you need, and that person doesn't have the ability to provide that, you're going to be disappointed time and time again. So when you reach out to them and they fail you, if you trust your instincts, I bet you if you look real close, you'll realize within yourself, you saw the signs, you saw the indications that said they could only do so much and you still reached out to them, you still drew them in, you still expected them and then they failed you and then you won't get mad at them for being themselves. They can only give you what they got. So Hello? you don't set them up, first of all, you don't set them up to fail you. That's the one thing. You don't set them up to fail you. And then the other thing is when you consider when you raise, you always thought you selfish, you selfish, you selfish. So now you give and give and give and to combat the fact that you are selfish as if you do not deserve to take care of self first. Because if you don't, then the people who you helping, they go, to be honest, get half that shit with, with you. It's not going to be the best. There you go. Uh, Queen Renee, you must have felt my energy because you was up next. <laughs> you was up next. You must have felt my energy. <laughs> I must have because I was like, boy, I've, I've been I've been pulled since I was listening to, to I was listening to Unc. I've been listening. I said, boy, I said they they pull they pull into my driveway over here. I'm like, Lord have mercy, you got me knocking on my door too. I was like, good grief. I'm glad I'm dressed. <laughs> um, I tell you, I'm happy you um, do. <laughs> I don't. I don't think. I don't think. Profit I'm not getting, I'm, I'm not getting in trouble with profit. He <laughs> I'm not getting in trouble. Mm -mm. But you know, um, it's amazing to me how you can you can try to to create a a safe a safe haven for other people, but you you can um, completely overlook yourself 
it's um that's something that I've been I've been thinking about it, that I've been going through for a good a good portion of my life is is constantly um worried or or making sure that somebody else is taken care of and not even looking at myself, not even and I, I realize it's it's something that I've always done from from a young girl. I I, I it I have a I have a few memories. Um, and I still hold on to them, which is crazy. I, I still have a few memories where my parents were together, when my parents were married, and I remember being at home with both of them and and going walking down to the kitchen and daddy was making scrambled eggs, and I was like, Oh, it smells good in this house. And I was like, and that was the last memory that I had when my dad was living. And then I look up and me and mom are in a completely new apartment, and it was just me and her. And that was from three years old is when my parents started getting divorced. I was three. Um, it got finalized when I was five. <laughs> and then I went years without seeing my father. And I was a teenager the next time that I saw him. So, um, and I lost both of my parents in my 20s. So it's it's been change after change after change. But one thing that I always did was I was always like, mom, are you... You know, mom, I always encourage my mother. I was like, mom, don't worry. And it's going to be okay. It's going to, you know what I'm saying? We're, we're going to be good. And in the process of telling mom's going to be all right, I wrote all of the time as a kid. I had my first journal in school Um Probably when I was like seven or eight, yeah, probably eight, eight years old, I had my first journal and I wrote a bunch of crazy looking stuff for it, you know, and then I kept writing through middle school, through high school, college, and even now, but writing has always been one of my constants, always. I even used to have a blog on MySpace back in the day, it's like, you know, as a little, <laughs> but, Remember you know, that. I was like, well, I wish I still had that. I'm like, man. I could look at that, but um, you can you can spend so much of your life making sure that everybody else is good, but you are um, you're drowning. And I had so many times that I was drowning, and I had and the people that were closest to me didn't even didn't even know that I couldn't breathe. I I, I couldn't I couldn't breathe. But people were like, oh, you know, Renee, she's good. She's strong. That's why you have to be careful and you have to always check on your strong friends because they're going through a lot of hell, but they don't look like they're going through hell because I don't necessarily wear my heart on my sleeve for a lot of folk. I'm just being honest. I don't, I, if I wear my heart on my sleeve when I'm around you, you should you you should consider yourself extremely blessed because I don't do it for a lot of people. I really don't. I I just kind of, you know, that's why if you see me cry, I'm like, woo! It's it's not a Renee's been strong for so long. Renee has probably just been putting it off for the longest time, and I said, well, it's not important. It's not important until I get to a point where I'm like. 
it turns into an adult temperature. Like the like like the like the Titanic, you know how it went down really, really quickly. It go it's it's like that kind of analogy. Um but it's um I spent a lot of years doing that. But then I realized I was like, wait, wait, wait. You're doing that, but how is that helping you? And how is that, how are you a how are you good to anybody if you you over here like this, but you secretly are going through and, and you not telling nobody. And I had a friend that said to me, she, she said, you know, Renette, I'm scared um, about you. And I said, and I said, what are you talking about? She, she said, you know, Renee, you could be going through a whole lot and nobody will ever know. And she said, it's like, I'm worried about that with you. And I said, you know, and I didn't, you know, I didn't know what to tell her. I just was like, huh. but you, I spent a lot of years just going like, well, okay, I put myself on the back burner, make sure, you know, make sure. And then I realized, I was like, how I can't, I can't do that. I'm, I am not, I'm being, um, I'm not being of good service to myself, nor to the people that are around me. And that caused me to have to really look at some things and be like, you know what? It's okay. Um, I'm still trying to find some of the answers. I don't have the answers and I'm cool with that. But I am realizing that I need to make myself my first priority. I do know that. <laughs> I do know that because I can't be good to to Deanna. I can't I can't pour into Miss into Miss Susan the way I would like to. I can't pour into Mr. Phil or my or my aunt or all of my all of my beautiful sisters here. I can't pour into them if I am constantly if I'm broken and if I haven't I haven't even put the light on myself to know that I'm broken. There's um you know and it's been a a winding road because I'm like, okay, but I am in such of a better place now in my life because I'm like, I had to come cross with the real and not, not the, not the, the me that people want to see, but it's just me. You can, you can like it, you can lump it, or you can say, okay, well, Renee, you ain't for me. Okay, that's fine. But you're getting me exactly who Renee is, not the representative, not the the shy girl from from Akron, Ohio. That's like, you know, I'm just like, hey, I have to be, I have to be me because I, um, and it's taken a long, a long time, but I'm so grateful. Um, Prophet will always put this over my head forever. When he, the fact that he told me to jump on these calls, the fact that he told me to jump on here, he will probably hold that over my head forever. And see, he just said in the other room that I better believe it. So see, you guys know what I'm, uh-huh, you see, mm-hmm, he's going to put that over my head forever. And, um, but I appreciate that because. Uh, he did say, like, Renee, you got such an eye for business. You really should, you know, you really should do, you really should jump on these calls. And I was like, I don't know these people. I don't know. I don't know. 
And who is that cheery first thing in the morning? First time I saw Deanna and I said, she's so like, she seems so sweet. But now I was like, who is that happy? First thing in the morning, who does that? I thought she's running around here like she's running into an open meadow with tulips and lilies and stuff. Like the butterflies, don't forget the butterflies. Like, <laughs> and I'm like, what is this? And I was like, ain't nobody that happy. I said, some of these people are fake. <laughs> <laughs> but you guys all welcome me in and you guys were like oh well she's not she's not new that's pro- that that's prophet's fiance she's 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 a part of the family and you guys just like that beautiful like that blanket you know what i'm saying when you get really really cold and you guys just swamp me and i was like i was like oh wow i didn't even i didn't even ask for this but now i can't not be on these calls because you guys have you know helped me to come out of my shell a little bit more because people I've had people say to me right now I've been seeing you on you on YouTube you silly oh my gosh and I just said I'm just being who I am but I appreciate every single box right here because each and every one of you has said okay yeah, you you know what I'm saying that'll be you should try you should try this. Okay, all right, I'm gonna write it down. <laughs> I'm gonna write it down so I don't forget one, and then I'm gonna be like, okay. And I took it and ran with it. And you guys are the evidence why. You know, um, I'm really I'm just eternally grateful because you know you. You know that there's a certain amount of um, all of us had to ascend to a certain point in order to meet each other. We had to ascend to a certain point. And I'm so, and you guys are the proof that I was like, okay, I may not have known where I was going, but I must have, have ascended at least a little bit so I can meet each and every one of you. And yeah, I will pull up. Um, I definitely will. I tell you, I tell you, Aunt, I mean, we in North Carolina, but you better believe, I mean, I'll pull up and be for <laughs> in a minute, especially if I know where you stay, because, you know, I used to live in Baltimore. So, I mean, <laughs> hey, I'll pull up. And we went to Florida. I'm like, yeah, I need to go to each and every last one of these, of these states and pull up and be like, guess who's here? Because the Linsons roll. But um, I just, we have to make sure that we're taking care of ourselves for real, for real. And my day changes all of the time because, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a caregiver too. So a lot of things I'm like, when things happen, I'm like this. And I'm like, all right, I got to catch sometimes the things that prophet's going through. But it is a badge that I wear with honor because I get to do that. Um, and I'm, I'm excited to do that because I'm like, Hey, that's my first, that's my first ministry. You know what I'm saying? Outside of, outside of you guys, that's my first ministry. And when I wake up in the morning, looking over at Prophet J, making sure that doing the things I need to do, I'm like, shoot, I, I wear it. I wear that badge with, with humility as well as transparency, because it is sometimes it's not easy. Sometimes my body gets weak, but my mind is still sharp. 
sometimes it's the other way around. <laughs> but I so appreciate everybody because you guys help elevate my mindset. And it's I find it sometimes a little disheartening when I try to talk to other people and they're like, oh, and, and they still are stuck in that same old mindset. And I'm like, oh, and I'm like, and they don't, they are not having million dollar, billion dollar talks or ideas. They're, they're having $100 or $200. And I'm like, that's not, that's not where Renee is at. I'm, I'm like, Oh my okay, Jay, what can we do to get to get a couple million dollars? Or I'm like, what can we do to get there instead of hourly? So that's that's you guys have helped me to elevate so much. And I love each and every one of you guys. I hope you guys know how if you guys don't know before, I hope you guys know now how important all of you are to me. I can't speak for private. I'm speaking for me. This is personal. Um, and uh-oh, and Jay just said, hey, but still, this is personal. <laughs> and um, but yeah, love you guys. No, we love you too. We love you too. And we have I've watched we've all like watched you grow. I remember when you first started coming on and you 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 kept your camera off for a little bit, then you started cutting your camera on. But when you cut your camera on, you wasn't in the camera. It was on, but you wasn't all the way in it. And then you started asking questions and then you started talking. And then next thing we know, stuff started popping up and you started doing this. I'm like, okay, okay, Renee, we see you. But we're happy to have you. And yeah, the, the moment you came on and Prophet introduced you as his fiance, it was like, oh, okay, she family. She good. <laughs> she family, she good. And she, she, she people. That's our people right there. She she look she his she ours, <laughs> but I I love that and and it seems like not seems like but if I'm hearing right, you actually your stable place is within yourself. Like you've actually created stability within yourself, where because I've I've watched you. I've I've seriously sat here. I've watched you from the building of the business to the weight loss to just to your relationship with prophet jay to like your your coach renee like when we call you that we we don't me and grace we don't say that we won't they saying that just like we we you were you are his coach his support and everything but and and you are in a different and that's why i was going to call you i was going to call on you because you went from being single to being a caregiver to being a wife. And that's a lot of change. Hell, being a caregiver is change, but being a wife, I'm on my second round. This is my last one. I ain't doing it again. He's stuck. He is stuck. I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm a one and done. I'm like, shoot, I ain't doing this no more. <laughs> But there is change with that. And I remember my first one and the change that came with that. But you walked into something uh, completely different than from what I did. Like everybody's situation is different. Like you walked in as caregiver. 
So the change from caregiver from caregiver to wife, and then Prophet Prophet Jerry's also told his story. You know, when he was writing his book, I I heard the stories. He's had a lot of change. So in that change, you again, we've watched like we've lit, literally, not figuratively, like literally, we've watched you grow. And how 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 have you how has your stability within yourself like how have you strengthened that stability with that change happening and happening as rapidly as it did oh and you know i i really think that it's changes of is a part of life you can either choose to to get angry at it, or you can embrace it and be like, okay, it's here. So now how do I flow? Um, because there was some, there was some things even with, even with Jay that, that happened, ooh, we, even around the time that you proposed that th- things changed because we moved from West Virginia to North Carolina. And there were a lot of things that hit his health a whole lot. I mean, it was, it did a complete 180. And I just was like, like, okay, you gotta learn how to do this. You gotta learn how to do this. And I was like, I said, okay, well, let me learn how to do it then. (laughs) Let me to learn. I don't know how to do any of this. I'm like, but now, it's second nature to me now because if someone says, okay, what do you do? I'm like, yep, 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 yep. And in the span of 20 minutes, I'm like, all right, I'm good. He's good. I'm done. We off to this. But um, you just have to walk, you know, because you can't, we can't do anything about the actual change, but we can decide how we are going to roll with it or if we're going to be... I don't want to do it, then that's going to make it even more painful. You might as well just relax, let the blood flow through your fingers and your brain, and just coast with it. And I'm still learning. I'm still learning. I'm still learning. But I'm cool with the learning because I'm. it's in the midst of the learning that I'm continuing to learn something about profit. But I'm learning something about Renee, too, how much I am able to do. I'm learning more about what's in me. I guess it was here all along. <laughs> oh, I like that. It was here. You should make that a shirt. It was here all along. Or I was here all along. Something along those lines. I like that. That's a good shirt. I'm going write it down. I'm going write it down. Okay. I was here all along. Or it was here all along. But you can do both. So when people ask, what do you mean it was here? My wonderfulness. What are you talking about? <laughs> oh, Thank you. I'm going to write that down. No, I love it. I think I think thank you, Mr. Phil and Miss Susan. Thank you, Uncle Romy Rome. Thank you, Renee. I I love having these kind of conversations because it I was talking to my brother yesterday via text message and he shared some information with me and I was like, oh snap, okay. Yeah, I didn't know that. And so while we were sitting here talking, it dawned on me. I was like, wow, I was letting my brother suffer alone and didn't realize it. And so I have to text him. I say, hey, I'm here no matter what. Call me, text me. Trust it ain't going past us. Because that's one of that's one of the things about me and my brother. <laughs> if we talk to you on a certain level, you hold a certain 
level of respect in our lives, a certain level of trust. So we're going to tell you things we wouldn't tell nobody else. And we and and if we hear it come back to us, we know it came from you because we don't talk like that. We 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 don't talk we don't talk like that. If it's one of those deepest, darkest, crying, cuddle up in the bed at night type of things, and we tell you, and next thing I know, Patrick coming back to me saying, "D, why you did? I'm gonna look at I'm gonna look at you." <laughs> I'm like, "Yo, uh, food," and you'll never know. I, but I will never talk to you again. And that's how me and my brother are. And so one of the things that, one of the things that I had to learn was we are not vulnerable. We suffer alone because we're not vulnerable. And being vulnerable is hard when you spend time with people who, when you talk to them and you're vulnerable with them, they spread your vulnerability around. If I'm vulnerable with you, it's a reason why. Because I feel safe with you. But if I don't feel, if I don't feel safe with you, you you'll get what's up, fool? How you doing? And that's it. <laughs> that's all you go get. That's right. And you could you could tell me all your personal stuff. I ain't gonna say nothing. But you're not gonna hear now 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 one of mine. We not doing that. So it dawned on me that I was letting him suffer alone. And again, as everyone has said, this community, y'all, I have shared stuff with y'all that months later I go talk to my mom, my dad about. <laughs> and it's only because. It's a safe place. It's a place of stability. And I've shit, loose lips do sing shit. Let me tell you something. And um, I have learned that for me, because I didn't have stability within myself, I searched for outer stability. But the only reason I didn't have stability within myself was because I wasn't being authentic authentic with myself the I was I was telling myself so many lies that I didn't know who my real me was for me and and Tony used to tell me all the time be vulnerable be yourself be yourself be vulnerable be yourself be yourself be authentic be your, be your authentic self and I'm sitting there like fool who is that like I thought that's what I was doing <laughs> But the more I opened up to you guys and the more I started accepting every aspect of myself, both the light and the dark, the more I'm becoming more stable within myself and the more I create a safe, a safe place in me. And the, the, the stability, I'm what I'm really it's a lot of stuff I'm learning that I don't know how to put into words. So I'm going to try. I'm going to try. I, I, fe- I feel changes, but sometimes putting it into words. And my son once told me one day, uh, I, was, I was asking him a question and he told me straight up, he said, mommy, I don't know how to say it. And I looked at him, I said, you know what mommy understands because sometimes mommy don't know how to say stuff either. I can tell you what mommy, I can, mommy feels it, but mommy doesn't know how to say it. And so I used to just tell him, say whatever comes to your mind, I'll figure it out. Just, just whatever come out, just, just let it come out. I'll figure it out. 
So I, what I am, my, my journey now is realizing that I'm not special, not that way, not in that way, but we are all like literally all going through something. I used to think I was the only one. That was my first lesson. Then it was, but nobody's going through what I'm going through. Nope. There are people going through the exact same thing that you are going through. The only difference is everybody's different. So it hits them differently than it hits you. Second thing. Third thing. Everybody's human. Everybody's human. And the older my parents get, the more I come into that reality. Everybody. Somebody said it. My my Uncle Ron said it at my dad's birthday. I was like, yeah, you know, it just dawned on me maybe like a couple of years ago. You know, my parents were growing up at the same time I was growing up. And that's when he said, yeah, they're human too. And that's what I was like, you show right. But it's not just them because parents are just parents. Like my dad's my superhero and my mom's my mom, you know, like, (laughs) you know, nothing is supposed to happen to them only for both of them to go through something at the same time. And I'm sitting here like, okay, look, I'm gonna need y'all to behave, act right, please, okay? y'all doing too much one of them traveling and falling all over the place and the other one I love them both though but they're human they are people just like every last one of y'all we're all human which means we all having a human experience and the more and, and that led me to number four worry about yourself Number four is the most important. Worry about yourself, okay? Because I can't control everything around me. But if I only focus on me, my my grandmother gave me the wisest word. She said her mother told her when you when you worried about how dirty somebody else's house is, who cleaning yours? And when she told me that, I looked at her. I said, Nana Kay, she said, my mama told me, I said, your mother was a wise woman and it hit me hard. So my journey has been worrying about myself. When something pisses me off, I don't focus on the person. I focus on my emotion. Why am I mad? What do I have to be mad about? And when I started going through that process and I started cleansing myself and I stopped lying to myself and I started telling myself the truth, like, Deanna, you know, you, you, you ain't the greatest person on earth. Like you tell people you nice. You got a mean streak, woman. Acknowledge it. Acknowledge your evil. And Antonio pointed it out to me and I wanted to fight him all the time because no. You're not supposed to see that part, okay? 
that's the part that I hide from people. <laughs> You're not supposed to see that. And he said, just be okay with it. Be okay with being bad. Not like that, but be okay with every aspect of who you are. And the more, y'all heard me talk about it. I used to call her Nicole, my alter ego, whatever. The more, like he used to tell me, you are not two separate people. He said, I, I always, he and he asked me, some, he's, he's doing it less now, which I love because that means I've grown. But he'll ask me, which of you is showing up? I need to know so I know how to respond. When somebody keeps telling you that, eventually that's going to hit some soil and you're going to be like, okay, why he keeps asking me these questions? Like, it irritates me. I'm the same person all the time. No, you're not. And because you're not the same person all the time, you lack stability to be able to handle and, and be in flow with change. Like now, I still have moments where Antonio shifts something up real quick and my in my my natural instinct is hold the hell up what are we doing but now that reaction is like this it come and go just like that and now it's like okay what are we doing i'm ready just direct me which way we're going which direction ride it die. let's roll what we doing who we who we ride up on today you know <laughs> but it took me years to get like Antonio teaches us that it took me 40 years to get here but at the time when I first started with him I was 33 and a half because Don was like 10 months old um no I was 32 and some change yeah I just turned 32 so yeah I was 32 and some change so 32 and a half years of being me. These last few years, that's how long it's taken me to just get to this point of my journey. And I am nowhere near through. And I'm actually excited about it. I'm excited about the change. I'm excited about the challenges that I'm going to hit. Um, because the you know how Antonio always tells us about the hero's journey each and every one of us is on a hero's journey but what dawned on me was we're not on just one hero's journey we're in multiple journeys at one time so in one aspect of your life you're at the cave you're at the cave about to go in to face the biggest challenge of your life at some aspect of your life and this can all be happening simultaneously. That's why I said earlier, laws, the laws of the universe scare the crap out of me because they happen simultaneously. The hero's journey, you're on several, you could be on 2,500 different journeys at the same time and be in different aspects of that journey. You could be just now starting one aspect of a journey while on the other journey, you're at the cave. And then in another aspect of your life in the journey, you're coming out of the cave for this one. So you've conquered it. And all that's happening at the same time. My, it, my brain wants to explode sometimes because all of this is happening at the same time. We're just, we just have to, we have to, that's what, and that's what I'm understanding. You have to enjoy the journey. My dad told me on his tombstone, he wanted, he lived, he died, he had fun in between. 
you have <laughs> you have the year you were born and the year you died. What did what did you do with that dash? Yeah, that hyphen is very important. How yeah, and all in if you did a bunch of stuff, none of that will go in between there. And if you did nothing, it may as well be dash. So there you go. There you go. So I want to take you back to you. I was listening, but I was helping somebody with something and opening the mail and, you know, working (laughs) (laughs) how you were saying that you weren't, you weren't showing up authentically. So I had a big win. Um, and I took no thought to it. Um, yesterday during our call, most of y'all know that I do not have a relationship it's not just about non-resistant with my mother existent at all. So she randomly called me last week to vent. Honey, I am on my way to work and I have not talked to you in more than six weeks. I don't know why you would want to vent to me. Um, I turned into Antonio during the call. <laughs> Bless yourself. <laughs> I turned into Antonio. Told her we all got traumas. You, you 72 years old, you got more years behind you, blah, blah, blah. And I did not end the call angry. I did not end the call crying. I did not end the call with, well, mommy, I got to go walk my dog. Um, I'll talk to you later. We all can walk our dogs now. We got our phones with us. Um, and I didn't say, well, mommy, because I told her years ago, I'm not going to end our call in negativity anymore. If I feel a negative emotion coming up, I'm going to end the call. So that's how I learned to end the call, mommy. I'm not feeling very good with this phone call. So I'm going to um, have to talk to you another time. Have a good day. But she usually keeps on talking. And I always say, all right, now, mommy, I'll talk to you later. Bye. So it's not because hanging up is rude. So if I'm warning you that that's what's about to happen and you keep on talking, then that's on you. So, <laughs> so it didn't end like that at all. And she said, well, I just want my kids to, to um, do stuff for me. I have done, I say, well, all parents sacrifice. Just straight up, we all sacrifice. Some of us choose to sacrifice one way, another way. No, we did not live in our projects. Yes, we had great educations. Yes, you sacrificed for us to have great ed- educations. But to think that we we supposed to take care of you and we got to take care of ourselves. Yes, if we have it, we can help you. But your expectation shouldn't be that that's what we going to do, that we owe you at least that. I didn't say that. You did. You said out of your mouth. I, when's somebody going to do something for me? Then it turned to, I wish my children would call. And I said, well, me children is not going to call you because it's always negative. It's always a victim. And to be honest, my life ain't there no more. I don't want to hear that no more. And I would not be paying attention. I just don't want that energy. So to make the long story short, I told her this like a million times. And, And she never listened. I say, she said, well, I always thought you had it. I say. Yeah, I've been responsible for my sisters and you all of my life. I don't want to do that no more. So because of that, I was not showing up authentically. I was always trying to be the one who helped, be the one who was not selfish. And after I started shedding that, 
I said all of that to say that after I started shedding that, I was like, when um, I think his name was even was like, well, we we be concerned about what other people think. No, honey, not me, not not no more, um, because I had already been through that phase in my life where what my mother thought about me, said about me, felt about me was important. What my sisters thought about me, said about me, all of that was important. And when I realized that I was looking at myself and I couldn't really look at myself in the eye, in the mirror, I couldn't look at me, then I knew I had to make a change. So that's a part of growth that I would not have an understanding of had I um, not been fired from a job. Um, and this and this community just helps me bust that out even more. Just, you know, just freeze me, bust me out, whatever, whatever it is. Um, it gives me a different perspective because I already think differently anyway. So it's definitely important to know who you are, whose you are, and who you connected to, because sometimes those energies of who you connected to can rub off on you, good or bad. And I want the people that I'm surrounded by to be having good energy. And to be making big money, so that can rub off on me too. <laughs> Not along with that one. Come on, Renee. I, you know, I love y'all. Snaps and a twist. Yes, yes. yes, I have to say it. I love all of y'all so much, and I'm I'm grateful. And this, okay, this subject came up because I asked Grace I asked Grace a question I say hey you know what 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 are you struggling with or like what do you have questions about and she was like staying consistent and I was like okay but I didn't know how I was gonna come at it and then here comes Antonio his his little voice in my head because I, I didn't have any mind y'all I didn't have I wasn't able to have a conversation with him because the night before, like I told, I told y'all, you know, this, this, this was a disruption for me. This, this was an inconsistency because I'm used to him working with me to come up with a title. I had to do this by myself. That, mm -mm, that is because that is inconsistent on this. It, no, sir. You are causing inconsistency in my life and I'm not for it right now. This, this, mm -mm, mm -mm. But I asked Grace a question and then I, from there, I was like, okay, so what can I talk about? And then I asked, of course, I went to Carlos. Carlos, what are the key points of inconsistency? Of being, you know, of coming out of it, being inconsistent. And when he gave me the points, I was like, okay, I know what to do now. I know where to take this. And while talking with you guys, with, with all of you, it helps me because when you talk stuff out, you, you get answers. You know, you can be consistently inconsistent. Yes, you can. <laughs> and I do not trust those people. I used to live that life. Trust me, I know. <laughs> I had a career in inconsistency. Let me tell you. I was consistent at one thing, being inconsistent. Where's she at? I don't know. Did y'all hear from her? Nope. D, did you finish this? Uh, yeah, I did. Did you finish this? No, I didn't. Uh, my life. And now it's, it's, 
I'm going through what I went through when I was 39, about to turn 40. It was a contemplation of, okay, you're about to be 40. What you got to show for it? What do you have to leave for dawn? And then Saturday, I was with my dad. And he pointed out that, like, yes, like Darth Vader. Diana. <laughs> and I my, am your father. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. You have to finish it. I understand. And my dad, my dad said, he was like, he was asking me, you know, Don, Don is eight, right? And I didn't know if he was asking me or if he was making a comment because it's been a couple of times my dad forgot my age. <laughs> so, you know, he made me a year younger than what I was. I was okay with it. I was okay with it. So I didn't know. He, he was like, you stared at me like you didn't hear me. I said, I didn't know if he was asking me or making a statement. He said, no, I was making a statement. Don is eight. He's like, yeah. He said, 10 more years. He'll be 18. I was like, man. And I... And then it hit me, 10 more years and I'll be 50. So am I going to live the same year for 10 more years? Or am I going to be different and change and grow and actually leave something for Dawn and build that in the next 10 years? Like, what am I going to do? And in that thought process, I realized that we are always becoming something. We're always becoming great or we're always becoming stability or we're always becoming just being complacent where we are, but we're always becoming something. And my question to myself now is, what are you becoming? Are you becoming who you see? Are you becoming your future self? Like y'all have heard Antonio say when he when he meditates, he goes and he meets his future self and they have a conversation. Well, my future me never talks to me. She just sit there and smile at me. And I'll be looking at her like, you ain't gonna say nothing. Like we, we just, that's how we're leaving it. <laughs> like what we doing? <laughs> And the first time I met her, it's funny. We were on a call with Miss Carol. If y'all remember Miss Carol, we were on a call with Miss Carol and she was walking us through a meditation. And that's the first time I met her. We were on a, sitting on a bench at the beach. That's where we were. And she had her hair pulled up and she had a ball. It was like a, a cute little bun. I didn't know if she had braids or locks. I didn't know. And it was salt and pepper. And she, her face, she didn't look like she aged much. Like she still, her skin was like smooth and she still had her freckles. Her, it was, her face was slender. And she had this piece about her that made me so envious. And I had to realize, Heffa, this is you. <laughs> like, this is you. So that piece that you see in her, that's the piece you're going to have. And she didn't say anything to me. She just sat with me on the bench and we looked at each other in the eye and she smiled. And she just smiled at me. And then Miss Carol walked us back out of, well, she walked us back out of it. So I had to, I had to come out of it. And then I met her again. And we, and I actually had a conversation with, her. I was like, okay, so you saying this, 
how's this gonna happen and she never gave me an answer she just always had and she she answered my questions with questions and it frustrated me <laughs> like can you just give me a straight answer <laughs> but I, that's that I know she exists and now it's like okay are you gonna wait forever to get to her or are you gonna be her now so I'm becoming my future me by being me now and Antonio tells us that all time that's law of attraction and it took a lot to get here because I've I've I strive for inner peace, but in order to reach inner peace, I have to go through the the turmoil of me. Like I have to, like, I am my own hero's journey within myself (laughs) because I have to journey out of where I was to become who I'm becoming. And in the process of doing that, that inconsistency, I have to understand there's a difference inconsistency is okay how you respond to that in inconsistency is what either makes it toxic for you or presents the challenge and you grow from it but i want to thank you all so much for this wonderful conversation this morning i've had so much fun just listening like i said i talk to wisdom i ask wisdom questions uh, i i stop i stop asking my if i don't know the answer i ask those who have been through it and gone through it and i'm looking at two people who have been well three people who have been in marriage as long as if not longer than i've been alive so why not ask them the questions why not ask that's wisdom you know that knowledge plus experience equals wisdom (laughs) that is wisdom and i'm also learning that again no nobody is special we just all have different experiences because we're all different people so if i can ask miss susan and mr phil and uncle romy rome hey how did y'all manage like how did y'all get through this because I'm walking the same path. I want to be married for years to come. I want to be 40 years down the line and I still roll over and look at him and be like, I can't stand you, but I love you so much. (laughs) Miana? Yes, sir. May I make a suggestion? Please. Instead of nobody's special, everybody's special. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Phil. Everybody is special. You know what? That does that felt better saying it too. Thank you. Thank you very much. That that had that felt different coming out because and we, I have a comment as well. Go ahead, Uncle Romy Rome. I told Alice this 40-some years ago when I married her. I said to her, honey, love isn't enough. I love you to death, but that ain't gonna cut it. If we, not you, not me. If we want this thing to work, we have to work at it every day. And that's what I do. I work at, even now, I work at it every day. And I believe that's why we're still doing what we're doing, because that's what we got to do. Hello. (laughs) You just gave the secret. Thank you. Thank you so much. You just gave the secret. I caught it. I don't know if Renee caught it. I caught it. 
Yes, ma'am, Miss Susie. Sorry, I didn't hear Renee. In God's eyes, we're all special. So, yeah, it did. Every one of us. Yeah, it, it felt better. Seeing seeing that felt a lot better. We are all special. Every one of us is a different godly experience, and that's what makes us special. So what Jerome you. said is so true. I mean. Diana, I mean, it's an everyday thing. Work at it every day. It doesn't get to a certain point and it's just magic, you know, from there. It's the same, you know, it's just, it's the same and different. It's the, it, okay. Again, I am a big kid. So in a big kid's eyes, the princess gets the prince and it's happily ever after after that. Like the princess, if you watch all of the movies, the princess, well, the princess really don't work. She just be there and he come find her. That's where we got <laughs> screwed up. <laughs> Thank you. I'm I'm yeah. It- <laughs> they didn't tell you at happily ever after that that the, the queen drove the king crazy from all, from her from her need to clean the castle all the time. Or that, or or that maybe he was going to fart in his sleep, but it's all right because it's like it's an aroma. <laughs> I love you, Renee. Oh man, it, you know, laughing at herself, her own jokes. Mad. Oh, oh because it's just amazing what comes out of my mouth sometimes. I'm just I'm like an egg. Oh, I crack myself up. <laughs> but no, again, it's easier though, Diana. And it does get better, but, you know, there's always, you know, you still, it's always a work in progress. And and that is what I've been, again, change from the first marriage to this one, two completely different people. One, I ran over. The other one. Uh, ma'am, you need to stop. You're doing too much. Yes, sir. <laughs> and my brother, my brother loves Antonio. Could, and I can't stand my brother because he look at me. He said, oh, you finally found somebody. You finally found, you finally found a match, huh? You found somebody that can handle you. I'll just be looking at him like, go sit down somewhere. I love you, but go sit down somewhere. Bye. But in in that, that he, he provided stability for me to be able to grow. And in that growth, I was able to find me. Well, not even find me, but able to clear all of the debris so I can see me. And now it's building the stability within myself because he can't always be the strong one. Who is he going to be able to lean on? If I'm not stable for me, I can't be stable for him. And change is always going on. Every second of every minute of every hour of every day, 
changes always happen. So my, we were having a conversation with Antonio's dad and, and Antonio asked me, you know, what's important to you? I said, healing, being healed is important to me because I'm no good to my marriage. I'm no good to my son. I'm no good to my brother, my parents. I'm no good to y'all. I can't teach y'all broken. What that look like? And if I am broken, if I can say, hey, y'all, I'm broken, but this is what I'm doing to fix it, that's if that's a step further. But to just sit here and be broken and try to teach y'all, come, come on, that's, no, that, mm-mm, mm-mm, no, that, mm-mm, <laughs> I could, I could do it, I could do it. So when it comes to inconsistency and transcending inconsistency, being in flow with change and finding your stability in that because change is inevitable. But finding your stability in that helps you with the inconsistency of life. And then it helps you shift that toxic inconsistency into a healthy flow in ebb and flow in inconsistency. I thank all of you for joining us today, uh, tonight, 7 p.m. Please forgive me, Mr. Phil and Ms. Susan. I did not ask Grace who was talking tonight, but I know we do have someone scheduled for tonight. I'll get with her and then I will text you guys. I know she is actually tutoring someone at this time. So or teaching a class. I can't remember. But we do have Bureau Keynotes tonight, 7 p.m. Central, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. We will see you all then. I love you all so much. You can plant better. You can dominate. Have a wonderful day, everyone. Bye. (laughs)